What's up? Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. We are on episode 34, and today we're going to be giving a little intro on our new series in Philippians. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So this is exciting. We're going to go a little different direction for a little while. How did we decide to do this? What are we doing? What are we doing here? <laughs> Why are we doing this podcast? Let's let's remind ourselves. <laughs> so I think um, a good place to start is to go all the way back to the beginning. So um, if you have not listened back to the beginning, um, all the way back to episode one, it, that would be a good thing to do. After this episode, maybe give yourself a couple days and go back and listen to the first four episodes because that'll really ground you in our heart and in the direction of this. But we were just both praying and thinking about, okay, we've done some series now on the attributes of God, which was an, you know, an amazing series on the spiritual disciplines and things like that. And we stopped and we're like, let's, let's go back and think about our original vision. What is something that's really important to us? And that the name of our podcast is adorned, which we say is to be made beautiful by God's word. And that it's been so important for us to help our um, listeners and ourselves to grow in biblical literacy. And that we decided that we want to do a study of a book of the Bible. Yeah. And we actually did a little poll on Instagram and Facebook and mm-hmm. some of you participated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime we do those little polls and you participate, it helps us so much. So um, thank you for those of you that did that. But I was actually kind of surprised that the Bible won, which I shouldn't be. I mean, it's all from the Bible, but the book of the Bible was what people, I kind of thought that people were wanting to hear more like doctrine and theology, but, um, a lot really want, wanted us to go through a book of the Bible. Mm -hmm. So that was super exciting to us. And they gave us some clarity. And then I get a Vox. If you don't know what Voxer is, it's like a walkie talkie app that we use all the time. Um, get a Vox from Erin and she's like, okay, then what book? And I was like, hmm, there's a lot of books to choose from. Mm -hmm. And neither one of us really had much direction. Um, there wasn't a book that just stood out. And so I said, let me, let me pray on it a little bit. And I thought about it and I was like, Philippians, it just, Philippians is what came to me, not for a specific reason, not because it's necessarily my favorite book in the Bible. Um, but that was just what I felt like the Lord was saying we needed to do. So I said, what about Philippians? Aaron said, okay, sounds great. And then like literally, The week after that, maybe the next week, our pastor preached a sermon on the beginning of the church at Philippi. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, thank you, Lord, for that confirmation. And um, just I feel like through this whole process, we've really um, trusted in the Lord's leading for like our next our next episode. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's hard. I think we've talked about that before. Sometimes that's hard because it's like. We want to plan and we want to know like a year from now, where are we going to be? But the Lord has just been so faithful to um, steer us in the right direction. So we're excited about what he's going to do through this series on Philippians. So excited. You want to tell us a little bit like how it's, what it's going to look like, like how we're going to break it down. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to go, um, the chapters, oh, the book is four chapters. Mm -hmm. I almost said that backwards. (laughs) The book is four chapters. So we're going to do a chapter a week and we're going to do, um, 
very similar to a verse-by-verse type Bible study that you may attend, but we're going to walk through it on the podcast. So our heart and our hope behind it is that after this week's, um, you'll read through throughout the next week, you'll read through chapter one. We do have um, a resource that we'll link in the um, resources that you can print out that is just kind of a um, inductive type, very straightforward, very simple document that you can print if you would like it that w- walks you through observation, interpretation, and application of the text. Um, and you can use that document on any book of the Bible, but mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll provide that for y'all. Or you can just read it. Or as you're going about your day, listen to it through the audio Bible or anything like that. Just saturate yourself in the chapter. And then when we come back next week, we'll walk through, just like a Bible study, walk through verse by verse, and we'll do some teaching on the book of Philippians. I am so excited about this. You can't tell, but I'm just like super excited because this is totally where Casey and I, where our heartbeat is. Like we want everyone to be growing in um, just literally in the text, verse Mm -hmm. by verse, understanding the context, understanding where it fits in the meta narrative of scripture. And so it's, it's a really, um, exciting and joyful thing for us to be able to walk through this with y'all. And I hope that whether this is your first time studying a complete book of the Bible, um, or if it's your hundredth time doing this, that, um, the Lord uses this as another way to draw you in and to, um, teach you something about himself through his primary way that we get to know him through his word and that, um, that it is just a blessing for, for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are. We are so super excited. So we thought that we'd begin this episode by rewinding a little bit. Um, I think our first series Mm -hmm. was about biblical literacy and why it's important. We spent like three episodes plus an interview episode talking about that. And so we're going to just briefly go over some of that again. Mm -hmm. If you want to go back and listen to those episodes, I think it would be very, very helpful. The episode, I believe it's four um, with Aaron's sister, Megan was excellent. Mm -hmm. Just about why the Bible itself is so important. And then at the end of this episode, we're going to give you a little bit of context context about the book book of Philippians to kind of show you where we're going with it. Mm-hmm. So um, let's just let's just dive in. What exactly is biblical literacy? So I like the way we defined it in that first episode. We, we just gave it a simple definition of um, it's basically a fancy way to say uh, reading and understanding the Bible. Right. It's pretty right. that's pretty straightforward. Exactly. Um, there's a couple things that I think we need to do to break that down a little bit. Like we've talked about that. It's not just knowing the facts, but it's ultimately for transformation of our hearts and that um, it's getting to know God, not just to know about him. So so what else would you want to cover with the the what is biblical literacy? I think it's important to remember that we believe that it's not something you do to earn God's mm-hmm. love or mm-hmm. his favor. That's the gospel. The Correct. gospel's got you covered. So right. we're not doing it to earn anything. We're not doing it to check off a checklist. Mm-hmm. It is... Um, about just getting to know God more and yeah. about that that's his way of communicating with us. And so that's why we believe it's important to read your Bible. Yeah, I think you said it on the, the first episode that it's um, because the more we know God, the more we'll love him. Right. And right. so that's how we get to know him mm-hmm. and then in turn get to love him more. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So why, why is this so important? Why are we going this direction with the podcast? Why do we have such a deep desire to help people grow in biblical literacy? 
Well, I think it's because um, one thing is it's the only infallible way that God communicates with his people. So the Bible was written by men, but those men were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so we believe that the Bible is inerrant, mean, meaning it's without fault. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that there is no fault in the Bible and this is the way God communicates with us, we just, I mean, it's we just think it's super important. Like right. We believe that with our whole heart. Right. And we believe that every word, like Casey was saying, it, it is um, God breathed. Like it says in second Timothy three, 16 and 17, that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. So the why it is um, like she's saying it's, it's infallible, but then it also, it equips us for good work. It's um, another reason is that it's how we get to know him and know ourselves Um, There's a quote that I've heard attributed to a couple different people. So they must be saying it. They must all be saying it is that there's no true knowledge of self without knowledge of God. And that um, we have to first get to know who God is to ultimately know who we are and what our purpose is. And the main way to do that is through his through his word. Right. If you go back to our our whole series on who God is, that's all from the Bible. We use a ton of scripture in those episodes because that is how we know who he is. And then, you know, I think it's just another really cool God thing. I was thinking about this earlier that we started. That was like our, that was close to the very beginning of our podcast, Mm -hmm. our Who God Is series. And I think that really focusing on who he is sets you up so great to read the Bible because if you think about his attributes and his character as you're reading the Bible it is just so much um, clearer you are able to understand it better and so I think that's also a wonderful place to start so if you haven't listened to that series another (laughs) plug but um, I think it is it's super important to know who God is and the way you do that is by reading his word. That's a really good point because I've been, ever since we did the episode um, with Evie on God's sovereignty, I've been just finding God's sovereignty in every passage that I read. I just finished Matthew, found it there. I've been studying Nehemiah with my women at Bible study, found it incredibly all throughout the story. So Old Testament, New Testament, knowing who God is, um, just we see that all throughout scripture. Mm -hmm. So I I love that. And I think if we're being honest, another reason why is that, you know, we all want to live to be like Jesus, right? Like that's part of our our growth and our walk is that we're trying to become more like him. But we we can't do that if we don't know like what Jesus did and where he walked and right. how he loved and all right. of those things. And so yes, attributes of God as well, but also God on earth as mm-hmm. Jesus. And so I think it's it's important for us to saturate ourselves in that as well. It is. And as we um start into Philippians, we talked about just diving into the book itself um, and letting the book speak for itself because it does and it's good and it's a standalone book and it's great. But we actually decided we're going to go back and give you some context of how the church started because we believe that knowing the whole picture of the Bible and how it all fits together is just really important to our our overall understanding of what God is trying to tell his people. And I like Bonhoeffer says this. He says, it is God's revealed word for all men for all times. Holy scripture does not consist of individual passages. It is a unit and it is intended to be used as such. And so many times we've, and we've even done it on the podcast and it's not a horrible thing to do, but you can pick verses of scripture here or there. Mm -hmm. And if you're not putting it in context, sometimes you get the completely wrong meaning. Mm -hmm. And, um, that it doesn't give you the right picture of what God's trying to say. 
Yeah. And I think even on a bigger scale, if we, if we pull back even a little bit further and think of, like he's saying, scripture as one intended purpose, that it's important for us to remember what, wherever we're reading within the Bible, just step back and say, okay, where does this fit within the, the, the meta narrative of, mm-hmm. of scripture? Do you want to kind of just define meta narrative real quick or explain that a little bit? So meta narrative is like the whole picture, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that how you would yeah. explain it? Yeah. Like from creation to revelation, like mm-hmm. the whole thing all together. Right. Yeah, so I would say, like, yes. So, like, creation, then fall. Fall, redemption, and restoration. Yes, yeah. yes. And I think that's really helpful because we we it helps us to think, okay, this isn't just to the Church of Philippi. This is applicable to us as believers still today. But to remind ourselves that this was written during this time period, mm-hmm. it helps us to remind ourselves, okay, this was after Jesus. This was before Jesus. This mm-hmm. is how this is pointing towards Jesus' coming. This is in response to Jesus' resurrection. So getting keeping that meta narrative in mind and reminding ourselves that it is one story and it's all about Jesus. As we, you know, one of our favorite books is the Jesus Storybook yes. Bible. It says it whispers, every page whispers his name. And reminding ourselves of that helps us to truly understand the meaning the intended meaning not the meaning we're looking for Mm -hmm. yeah and part of me is is and we're going with it because this is where the lord's leading us but part of me is is hesitant to start in the new testament because we believe the old testament is so super important too so don't ever 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 think that the old testament doesn't apply it is so important and every single page whispers jesus's name just like aaron just said and so that's important too we're starting new testament but but we'll be going to old testament don't worry yeah don't worry yep so one more thing on the why, and, and then we kind of talked about this a little bit, is that that it's living and active, like it says in, in Hebrews 4.12, that his word is living and active, and that it also, it, it never fails. So it says um, later on in scripture that, you know, this these may pass away. It says, this is Jesus in Matthew, in the book of Matthew, but he's quoting Old Testament, Isaiah 40, where he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. And I think it's, I love that in the New Testament, Jesus is quoting the Old Testament. So like Casey just said, it all matters. It's all important, but reminding us that it has eternal value. And we find ourselves spending so much time filling our minds with things that do not not have eternal value that we need to really be um, focused on filling our mind with things that have eternal value. Yeah. And when you say that the Bible is living and active, so we all know who John Piper is. Like if you've Mm -hmm. listened to our podcast, you know who John (laughs) Piper is at least. And it's easy to think, and I used this example at Life Group a few weeks ago, like it's easy to think like he knows it all. Like he's read the Bible. He's read it in Greek and Hebrew and he like, he's read it. He knows it all. And I was just listening to a podcast the other day where he was talking about how every time, and he said, well, maybe every time's a little bit of an exaggeration, but almost every time he Mm -hmm. reads the Bible, there is something new. Like the Lord reveals something new to him. Mm -hmm. And that would not be the case if it were not living and active. And I thought that was such a good example because I was like, first of all, I feel much better about teaching on Philippians because I'm like, if John Piper does and know it all then I don't know it all and that's okay (laughs) like I can still teach and people can still learn even if I don't know it all but I was also just thinking about it and thinking about how like the Bible is living and active like that's why there's new things every time because it's it's not that the Bible's changing it's not changing but the Holy Spirit is Mm -hmm. revealing new things to us through his word I love that so yeah I love that Okay, so are we ready to look into the church at Philippi? Woohoo! Okay, so when we look at Philippians, who wrote Philippians? Okay, so Philippians is authored by Paul. And just to give a little background information to who is Paul and why does it matter that he's the one that wrote it. Um, Paul, before his name was Paul, his name was Saul, and he was um, a staunch Jew against 
Christians. Is that fair to say that? He was a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee. Yes. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yes. And he, um, we'll learn more about him as we study the book yeah. of Philippians, which will help. But just to give you a little context before you start, he, you know, God took a hold of his heart through a miracle and um, revealed Jesus to him. And he became a believer and completely shifted his life, did a 180, and now is planting churches. I think that's a good way to think of him yeah. as, as a church mm-hmm. planter mm-hmm. Um, on fire for the gospel, living his life for God. And we'll learn more about that as we go. But it is written by Paul. And um, who is it written to? It is written to the church of Philippi. So he was on... Um, this church planting spree, I guess you can kind of yeah, say yeah. he ended up in Philippi and which is a, uh, or at that time was a very Roman town, a military town. And that's kind of where he ended up and he ran into some people and ended up planting a church there. So who were some of the, um, key players in him planting the church at Philippi? Well, I think this is a good place for us to kind of get some context from scripture. So, um, Casey, do you want to, read out from us yeah from us yeah, absolutely. from act 16 <laughs> to kind of give us some key players here yes so this is act 16 and i'll start in verse 13 it says and on the sabbath day we went outside and this is um paul talking we went outside the gate to the riverside where we were supposed there was a place oh no this is luke because this is written by luke i'm so sorry luke was there with paul but he's talking about him and paul Okay, continue on. (laughs) And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the woman who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after that, she was baptized in her household as well. She urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. So, so that's the first key player in the church at Philippi. Which I have to ask you, did you name Lydia after her? I did. Oh, cool. I did, and her whole room was purple. But oh. honestly, I was not near as... Um, oh, Biblically literate? Yeah, biblically literate. <laughs> at that time, I just knew that Lydia was an important person in the Bible, and she sold purple, and <laughs> I liked the name. Yeah. So, but we did, yes. Yes. That's very cool. Isn't that cool? So what what can we take away from this passage? What can we learn about the church at Philippi from the fact that the first person we hear about is Lydia? Well, I just think it's so cool. I think it's really neat that the Lord put on our heart to do Philippians because the first person that was a part of the church other than like Paul and Luke was a woman. Yeah. A woman. Whoop, like, whoop. that's really, really cool. God, and she was a businesswoman. Mm-hmm. Like, she had everything she could have wanted. She um, was very wealthy, probably had a nice house. Matt Chandler called her a fashionista. <laughs> um, I think he just wanted to use that word, but you know. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, God grabbed a hold of her heart and um, it was a woman. And mm-hmm. so, God can use women to do big things. Yeah. Which I is love so that. Cool. I so think cool. that's really cool for us to to just know that because if you open the book of Philippians, you might not catch that. So this is where context mm-hmm. and biblical literacy matters right. because it gives us kind of an encouragement and different eyes to view this that, you know, Paul, who was not a believer, now is a believer. That makes a difference in how we read Philippians. Mm -hmm. The fact that he used to try to kill Christians and now is trying to make everyone a Christian makes a difference. And the fact that the first person, you know, that was helping plant this church was a woman, it it all makes a difference in how we read the book. It really, really does. So, um, So what else do we need to know about who this is written to? 
So, um, well, the next person that they run into is also a woman. And she was, the Bible says that she was a slave girl who had a spirit of divination. Um, And we don't exactly know what that means, but I mean, it sounds like she had some pretty deep spiritual things going on. And um, the Lord grabbed a hold of her as well by Paul basically saying, um, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her, speaking to that spirit of divination that was inside of her, come out. And um, she came to know the Lord too. And so she was player number two in our story of how Philippians began or the church of Philippi began. Yeah, I love this because it seems like, um, I don't want to say like scraggly characters because that's not the right the right word to say. <laughs> yeah. But unlikely characters, yes. right? We wouldn't think necessarily yes. a businesswoman and someone who you know just got demons casted out of them. That I don't know if that's accurate to say that, but that had well, something. That's how just I think of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're the ones that God's like, hey, come on, let's rally these people mm-hmm. together and let's start a church. And that should be very encouraging to us, mm-hmm. especially because I feel like as women, we tend to point fingers and say, she'd be better at doing that, right. God. Why don't you have her fill that role or, you know, that kind of thing. And we say, no, look at, look at what... Um, and as we study Philippians, we'll see that it is one of the most sound churches that Paul is writing a letter to. In most of his letter is encouraging them at the good work that they are doing mm-hmm. for Christ and that that good work is founded on two people that were probably seemed very unlikely to help plant a yes. church. Yes. Um, a lot of his other letters, if you look at them, he is kind of correcting bad yes. theology or yes. bad behavior. But in Philippians, we're going to notice just a lot of encouragement. Mm-hmm. And you are going to be able to tell that Paul just deeply, deeply, deeply cares about these people. Yeah. And that these people care about him. They have helped him. They've helped him financially. They have prayed for him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a really, really unique and beautiful relationship going on. I think the other thing that's really cool to note is that um, God grabbed a hold of these two women's hearts in completely different ways. Mm. So Lydia was a very smart lady, like we said, a fashionista, a businesswoman. <laughs> um, and God um, spoke to her intellect, spoke yeah. to um, her brain, and, um, you know, grabbed her heart that way. And then with the the slave girl that was, that was possessed, he spoke to her through Paul just declaring Mm -hmm. in Jesus's name like come out of her and so it was through Jesus's name Mm -hmm. that um she came to know him so that that's a really just um cool thing to think about is how God kind of he'll he'll go after you where you are Mm -hmm. and he'll speak to you how you need to be like if you are one of his children like he will grab you no matter what it takes he will grab a hold of your heart and I like that a lot I like that too I think that's really a cool thing to to point out because I didn't even catch that and I love that you're drawing that point because Taylor well, always says I didn't come up with it. It's but. good. It's good <laughs> because you know t- Taylor always said that you know the Lord got a hold of him by the same way. He's very logical. Yes, he yes. had to. Un- not that he could ever understand completely, but he had to understand what it meant to be a Christian and to give your life to the Lord, and and that um, then his heart followed. And I think sometimes it's the other way. Your heart longs for it, and then your brain follows. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really cool to notice that 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 is a big part of um, of how the Lord works. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So our third person, there's um, an, a third player in, in this, in the beginning of the church at Philippi, and it is a jailer. Um, after 
Paul commanded for the spirit to come out, the bad spirit to come out of this little slave girl. They threw him in jail. There was a jailer that was in charge of him that even though they were, he was actually told to, to keep Paul safe. Um, and he did not, he beat them. He was ugly to them. Um, there was an earthquake. Paul could have escaped. Mm -hmm. He didn't, he was singing God's praise. All of these things happen. And, um, the jailer fell down on his knees and said, um, I, basically, I want I want what you have. Mm-hmm. And so that jailer is the third person that was part of the beginning of the church at Philippi. Once again, like military man, um, Matt Chandler says probably blue collar, um, completely different than the other two yeah. ladies that we've seen. Once again, unlikely, he was very um, committed to his job and his job was a, a Roman jailer. And so... Um, spreading the name of Jesus was probably not first on his agenda, but yet the Lord grabbed a hold of his heart as well. And, um, he was a part of this church. And I love how the Lord grabbed a hold of his heart. I heard this, that his job as a Roman, um, Roman, what did you call it? Jailer. Mm -hmm. Um, if when that earthquake happened, Paul would have escaped, which he could have, if he would have done that, then that jailer would have basically killed himself yeah he was ready he was ready to fall on his yeah sword. he would have um it was you know your job to keep those people in jail and if you didn't then you basically had to die and so um the fact that i think it just is a, a display of god's grace and mercy for us mm-hmm. that that paul stayed and the fact that he's voluntarily kept himself in prison mm-hmm. um w- was how the lord got that jailer's heart yes. because mm-hmm. um, ultimately he was sovereign over that in that when Paul stayed, it was the fact that Paul did not take his own life to be what he wanted it to be because surely he'd rather be free, but he was humble enough to say, you know, this is where the Lord has me. And it ultimately gl- brought God glory for him to stay in jail because then it turned that jailer to say, you could have escaped and you didn't like, what is it? How can there be something better than escaping from jail? And Paul is, you know, saying, no, God is better wherever I am. And we'll learn about that more. But one of the themes we see is that, you know, God is better than anything else. I can find my contentment in my joy in God alone, whether I'm in jail or not. And that that is what the Roman jailer said. I want that. I want to know what could keep you in jail, but still be full of joy and singing God's Mm -hmm. praises. Mm -hmm. So I think as we look at these three people, it's such a great reminder that everything that we do is an opportunity for us to glorify God and put the gospel on display, whether it's staying in jail, whether it's selling purple goods, or whether it's, you know, accepting and asking God for freedom from the sin that we're walking in or the, the, um, our strongholds in our life, that those are all chances to share the gospel with others. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's important to remember that the gospel blows flows through SES, race, any other barriers that that like we could use an excuse. Mm-hmm. The gospel can blow through it. Right. Like God there is no one that is outside of God's power to mm-hmm. reach. Yeah. Like That's no good. one, no one even this demon possessed little girl. Right. Like she's not outside of God's reach. There's no one and the fact that we get to be a part mm-hmm. of spreading that gospel that's just such a cool thing and such a privilege. And I think Paul saw that. And we'll yeah. we'll continue to, like Aaron said, hear more about that um, and uh, read about that in, in Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. But this is kind of a, all this story, this background is a good thing to keep in mind as we approach the letter. Mm-hmm. I love it. So I think we're, we're drawing the point that it's 
it's written by Paul and it is to this church that was started by these three main people that we've talked about. But it is important for us to note that it also is for us yes. and for today. Yes. And that having that understanding of the intended author and the intended audience is very helpful. But don't separate that from what it means for you. So don't don't separate it from the fact when Paul is talking about being content. Don't think, well, he's only telling those Philippians to be content. Right. But no, that's that's for us and finding our joy in God. Like that's for us as well, mm-hmm. not just for the church of Philippi. Yeah, that goes back to this being the inspired word of God. Like yes. God had these people write what he wanted us today to hear. Yes. And like we said earlier, it's living and active. And so we are going to be able to learn so much as we dive into this scripture over the next month or so. Yep. And we're super excited. Some of the themes in this book are just mm-hmm. um, some of my favorite. Yeah. And so, yeah, super excited. So when when was this written? So this was written um, about 60 to 62 A.D. Okay. I, I There's people who like that kind of stuff. There's people who aren't going to care about that kind of stuff. But I'm like, let's just get it all out there so we fully understand mm-hmm. who, mm-hmm. what, when, all that kind of stuff. Um, is there any other like key things we think people should know before opening up the book of Philippians? A uh, fun fact, it was the first church that he planted in Europe. Oh, yes, that is a fun fact. And that's another thing. Um, I'm going to try to find some maps oh, to yeah. link because um, in CC this year, we're studying a lot of like ancient geography, which CC's classical conversations. That's our homeschool group. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning along with my children. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's really cool because we're studying all of this geography mm-hmm. and I think it's really important. This past week at church, our pastor actually put up a map on the um, screens of Paul's journey. And it's really, really neat to just see, just see in your mind where it all was. He even put up pictures of like, um, because he was talking about, he was talking about Athens, Mm -hmm. but he was putting up pictures of what the Acropolis looked like Mm -hmm. and what Mars Hill looked like. And this is all in Athens, but it just helps to to kind of put in your mind. And Jonathan actually he got to go on a journeys of Paul like trip <gasps> in college. Yeah, and so, so cool. if we hit any of the places that he went, I might share some of the pictures. Oh, but it's so cool. neat. Like yeah. he's like, it's so much more real because I got to stand in these like mm, these I are real places. These are not just some like fictional mm. like, this isn't a fictional Harry Potter book. Like this right. is real places. And so I think when we can keep all of that in our mind and keep that in the context, it makes it come alive a lot more um, to realize that these are real people. Love it. So I'm so excited. So just a reminder, um, like we said, the way we set it up is that next week we'll be diving into Philippians chapter one. So if you are, um, if you have the time and the capacity, maybe read through the whole letter. I think there is value in that as well. It's short. Four it's chapters. Short. Four chapters. It's super short. Yeah. I think I timed it the other day. It was like, took me like 20 something minutes yeah. to read it. Um, if not, then if you like to kind of just focus and actually study um, and do that inductive type study that we have um or just do it on your own, then you can do that, break it down section by section, verses by verses, and study it that way. Or if right now your capacity and your desire is to just maybe listen to it on mm-hmm. audiobook, there's lots of freedom for you here. If you don't get to a chance to it, that doesn't mean don't listen to the next right. episode. Come back and listen to the teaching on it. Um, the reason that we want you to read it before is so that you don't necessarily hear our teaching and then look for what we're saying in the scripture, but you let God's word have its way with you. Mm-hmm. And then after you come and hear the teaching, but if you do not get to the to the reading this week, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Still come back next week and listen to um, to the teaching on chapter one, which I'm really excited yep, about. It's going to be great. 
So let's end today's episode by um, just giving you a little teaser of one verse from Philippians. Casey, what's your favorite verse from chapter one? Okay, so this is Philippians 1, 6, and it says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobbs.